So Malik Willis drops back to pass. His back heel ends up at around what would be his own 10-yard line. And he puts up a bomb to a single receiver who's just flying up the left side. Catches it in glorious, elegant stride. The ball travels 60 yards in the air. And the moment it leaves his hand, you just know it's going to come down in the other guy's hands. And that's as exciting as a scouting combine gets it. It doesn't mean a thing. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Look, it's a nice ball, but it made the rounds on social media as if it traveled 140 yards and it was in a snowstorm and he was under pressure and had to scramble and throw against his body. This this stuff is meat market stuff. That's it. There's nothing else to it. The fact that Malik Willis can throw a football in the air 60 yards does not make him extraordinary even within this relatively mediocre draft class for quarterbacks. So why would I bring it up at all? Well, it's to kind of illustrate a point. This is what Steelers fans are talking about. This is what's being bounced back and forth at workplaces, social media, wherever. And this, meaning actual football dialogue, is what we've been experiencing in our city and, of course, in the broader capital N nation for a couple of years, if not longer. Everyone just talks about football. And does anyone in that setting even remember what it was like when we never talked about football as it related to the Steelers? When everything was about culture this, culture that, Antonio Brown this, Le'Veon Bell's agent that, Ben Roethlisberger is the secret mastermind behind A.B.'s madness. Mike Tomlin is the enabler. No, wait, he's not the enabler. He's the encourager of all these dour deeds because he is dun, 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 a player's coach. And because of the very broad interest, I would argue as broad as that of any team in North American professional sports that exists in the Steelers, the various national outlets and other uh, clickbaity type written word websites went bonkers over this stuff. And it only snowballed upon itself even when there wasn't new material. Because now it would be the reaction to the reaction. And even after Lev Bell listened to his insane and incompetent agent and managed to screw up a once extraordinarily promising career, even after the Steelers had finally finally found their last straw with A.B. and moved him out. They had to invent a whole new narrative. Well, it's 
something else had to have been causing it. So it must have been Ben. And you had a couple of these uh, whack jobs and national TV who rode that one for a while. But here we are now. And it's been a couple of years. And it's just crickets on that subject, isn't it? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online. Maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. This isn't to suggest that the current Steelers are angels, and it's definitely not to suggest that they've gotten acceptable results over the last couple of years, or for that matter, for the last few years. Those are separate discussions from what I'm bringing up here. This notion that there was some poisonous element on South Water Street has been blown to bits and Almost no one acknowledges this. I never hear from anyone who says, hey, by the way, why does everything seem so, you know, straightforward and professional and not at all headline worthy coming out of the Steelers for a long time now? In fact, if anyone's brought it up, other than this very thing that you're listening to, right this very second, I'm not aware of it. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, just means that I'm literally not aware of it. But that doesn't strike me as being all that fair. I have been critical, deeply critical, of the Steelers on many, many, many fronts, and will continue to be that where it's warranted. But I'm also a big believer in calling it like it is, and that means in any direction. This team from 2021, and realistically the one from 2020 as well, seasons were strange, they were played out under unusual circumstances, but when you go back over it, you'll find that there was a lot of class act behavior that came out of the Steelers that defined their personality their brand's personality. When I think of who the current Steelers are, I think first and foremost of the truly great Cam Hayward and everything that he's represented on and off the field. I think of the way T.J. Watt carries himself. I think of the way Najee Harris, as a child, carried himself this past season. I do think of Juju Smith-Schuster, who has a passion for social media, who's made it a big priority in his life, but look what he uses it for. He's not throwing furniture out of the top of his apartment complex. He's helping little old ladies that he meets in Market Square. I don't care if it's staged. He could be staging something really sinister or cynical, and he doesn't do that. He does this. And I can't help but think of the send-off that Ben got after his final game. A scene unlike anything we've seen in our city's sports history. 
when it comes to a group farewell. That was incredible. Nothing at all negative about it. Certainly nobody wondering whether or not he was a good teammate when you saw what his actual teammate's actual reaction was on the field. And on top of that, saw how they played for him in large part. That was their primary motivation to achieve that really unlikely playoff berth. No one's going to talk about this. No one's going to give the head coach any credit. I know that. But all of that is a fair, fair thing, I think, to acknowledge. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Corey Kennard, who asks, DK, seems like the NFL has now adopted the NBA's all-in strategy of trading away multiple future first-round picks, player empowerment, no trade clauses, etc. I know the Steelers dabbled with it by moving up and trading a first-rounder in consecutive seasons. Are you a fan of the Steelers maybe using these types of strategies, even possibly for a quarterback? Well, Corey, I know there's a difference between what the Rams just did in winning the Super Bowl, which I'm going to presume is what you're using as Exhibit A, and what we've seen in the NBA with the creation of super teams. I am not someone who follows the NBA, but my understanding of that is it's basically two or three really great players just kind of hook up and say, hey, how about we all sign over here so that they know they're going to be surrounded by other great talent. That is impossible to the extreme to achieve in the NFL because it's not just five players, it's 53. I mean, I suppose you can make an argument that that's what the Tampa Bay Bucks did with Tom Brady last year and bringing Rob Gronkowski in, Leonard Fournette, and everybody else in. Uh, it's kind of a, a reunion or a collection of older guys just looking to ride the wave of one final ring for Brady, but that's not something that can be easily replicated, at least not unless you consider Brady to be easily replicated. That's a once-in-a-forever situation. Will the Steelers ever try something like that? Well, I could share with you that Kevin Colbert said this week at the scouting combine in Indianapolis that his view is that the Steelers already took steps over the past couple of years that were pandemic-influenced because the cap ended up getting frozen, that they don't ever plan to do again. That could be an indicator 
But then, as we all know, Colbert's not going to be the GM through the end of summer. So even if he does stay on as some sort of senior advisor, and I'm kind of expecting and parenthetically hoping that he will, he's not going to have some long-term influence on that himself. But then when he says it, maybe he's also speaking for Art Rooney. But no, all you have to do is look at precedent. The Steelers have tended to be one of the more conservative organizations in all of professional sports. They like who they are. They don't like to change who they are. And they also like, maybe more to the point, the idea of having repeated chances to win championships. A lot of things have to go right to win the Super Bowl, and they extend way beyond the game that's played that day. If you go back and picture all of the events that occurred over the years to get the Steelers into their Super Bowls that they won, you'll see what I mean. It does require a significant amount of luck. If Jerome Bettis fumbles at the goal line, you've got to have yourself a young, nimble quarterback who's capable of blazing a trail in the other direction to take the guy down, who, by the way, I can't even remember his name right now. The, the, the guy who picked up the fumble for the Colts was like stabbed in the leg or something by his wife the, the previous night, so he couldn't run as fast. This is what I'm talking about. The Steelers never even get to the Super Bowl. If all of these weird things don't happen. So do you want to risk everything like the Rams did and just pour it all, all your resources, not just for that calendar year, but for future years into that one attempt. And then one little thing goes wrong, such as that dude not getting stabbed in the leg. And now you've wasted several years of your franchise's existence instead of just the one. You've wasted, if you're the Rams, several years of Aaron Donald instead of just one. They didn't. To their credit, they went to the Super Bowl, they took care of the Bengals, they held on at the end, and they got away with it. Are they setting a template? <sighs> I could see where someone like a Jerry Jones would look at that and say, hey, you know what? I'm getting up there. I'm getting tired of this mediocrity. I've got Dak Prescott here. I've got a few other good players. Got a tremendous defensive player. I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to just lay it all out there. Yeah, maybe someone like that. Do I see it happening in Pittsburgh? Wow, no. No, no chance. But I do see them someday, not this year, considering trading up in the draft to get a quarterback. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one Monday.